Drunk Dish contains adult language that may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. That is happening. I don't have the intro open, so I'm just going to have to wing it. Oh, no. Um, Hello, and you're listening to Drunk Dish, the podcast where three delicious dishes talk food history and get pickled in the process. I'm Melissa. I'm Amy. And I'm Kate. I think that's how the opening goes. That was pretty good. That was good. Yeah. That was like exactly off off the cuff. Not bad. Yeah, because I'm bad and don't have my notes up. Um... (laughs) So hi. Oh, episode number. What episode six. is this? Episode six. six. Uh, Boston cream pie and communism. Yeah. yeah. Which I'm very excited about. Um, All good things. All good things. So, uh, but first, each week we la- uh, like to ask one food related question. Uh, and I believe this week we're getting our question from Kate. So what's this week's question? Okay. So I was sort of thinking about... You know, you watch the Food Channel or you happen to peruse through some things that you see on the Instagram or you happen to talk to people who have gone to some (laughs) some (laughs) wonderful restaurant and they've had something. And what I was thinking about was, what is it that is out there in the world that um, you've always wanted to try? Um, to, to snack on to eat um, but you've never had the chance to to eat it like something that you've been thinking about for a million years or something brand new that you just heard about that you're like oh my god everybody's eating this mm-hmm. I've never had this I really want it um, so mine um, I'll let you guys think about that for a second but mine um, is I've never had pho and oh like is it yeah 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 I think it's pho. Like no, like n- the noodles and the stuff? The soup, yeah. The noodles? The noodles. Yes. Yes. The noodle yes. soup, yes. 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 Um, I've never had this, and every time I see it being made on um, a channel or somebody does a review of a noodle restaurant and they have this delicious bowl of stuff, I'm just like, oh my god, I want to try that so bad. I think Nudes probably has pho. There, I think there are a there's lot a of... There's a new pl- place downtown. Yeah, and there's also like the um, Bubble or Boublier Noodle House also. Yeah, um, yeah. it's new, right? That like one is new, also yeah. new, yeah. Um, I'm sure that one of the two... And there's them... also Vietnam Noodle House in Nashua. Yeah, and I'm I sure. think that pho is a vietnam yeah no i used to go there a lot when i was in high school okay i definitely have pho because that's where i first had it yeah and i mean i've always thought it was pronounced pho right i did too Um, but i'm pretty sure it's pronounced pho um and the thing about it that i i find interesting is i don't actually usually like the the combination of um I think they use a lot of anise and a lot of um, allspice and a lot of kind of um, more things that I think of as like savory sweet like, flavors. Like Chinese five spice has exactly. a lot of those. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't, those aren't usually like my go-to flavor palette mm-hmm. choice, but when it's all mixed in with like the lime and the ginger and the, all of the other amazing stuff and any broth that takes, you know, 
27 hours to cook has got to be something good, yeah. right? What's the difference between pho and like ramen? I don't know. Is it just I think it's geography? The broth. Or the well, broth? yeah, but I think it's the broth. Like I think and I'm guessing that the noodle is probably different, but I think and I could be completely wrong here and probably am. Um, but I think it's the broth is that um, kind of the base. Huh. So that's mine. Well, yeah, we'll go to uh, I think Golden Bowl. I'm sure. Uh, has, yeah. Um, has fought as well because I'm pretty sure I've gotten it there and before. And that actually even might be something that my husband would would eat you think yeah mm-hmm. I don't know. or be down for like trying mm. yeah which is not greg loves ramen so i'm sure we yeah could, we could go to like nudes ramen. or whatever yeah, yeah. and plus nudes is just a funny name it is it's a, a great it's name. a funny name yeah and they have like a funny a fun like neon cursive sign nice. that just says nudes is that the one that's <laughs> in the center in the center of new hampshire like is it is it no in there? No. no no it's on the that like strip oh okay yeah okay it replaced I don't know. Restaurants come and go. go come and go yeah. so fast. We yeah. went to a new one the other day. Because the other that one. That was not good. Oh. The no. other one that I was thinking of is right across from the Red Arrow. That's the Golden Bowl. Oh, okay. That used to be. This is like not good for anyone that no. doesn't live in New Hampshire. Right. But that used to be where the local moose cafe is. And then they moved. And they moved. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. the local moose moved into that spot. Oh, speaking of, I thought of you yesterday because it was National, National Donut, Donut Day. Day. It was. I was yes. being so good and I had like, I stopped at this juice bar that's in Derry, New Hampshire. It's called, uh, the. I think it's called The Juice Bar. And I got like this really healthy smoothie. And then I went to work and I was like drinking my smoothie and they're like, it's National Donut Day. And then one of my managers decided to buy the whole team. <laughs> I say decided. I kind of like planted mm. the idea for him to buy mm. donuts for everybody. So the then, truth comes out. So mm. then I had to at least have one donut, even though it was Dunkin Donuts, which is like, I mean, it's still a donut. So it's still delicious. Yeah. But, but it's like know. the McDonald's of, don- of donuts. It's not like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Although McDonald's is better than most restaurants. So anyways. We can agree Ugh. to disagree on that. I so, love chicken nuggets. <laughs> we just, they aren't chicken. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> so that's mine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good one. And yeah. that's an easily remedied one, too. Right. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, we'll do like a date night and we'll all go and get That would be real fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, Mine is something super common, but also like I've never gotten it because it can be hard to make. Like when you watch baking shows and stuff, it'll be like a challenge to make this thing. Um, and then also, if you go to a restaurant, usually you have to order it at the beginning of your meal because they have to time it perfectly. Mm. And that's souffle. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. I, and I, I mean, like, I know they have cheese souffles and stuff, but like really chocolate. Yeah. Souffle. So yeah. there's this movie with um, Renee Zellweger and Ewan McGregor um, and Sarah Paulson called Down With Love, which is like a uh, a kind of updated version of like a 60s sex comedy. And it takes place in the 60s. But in it, like so good. on one of their dates, they make a chocolate souffle and it just looks so good. Mm. And then anytime I've seen anyone make it, like Greg sees people make it and he's like, eh, it just kind of oh. looks like soupy cake. I could take it or leave it. Mm. But like. I just I've never had it. Yeah, I've never, never had either. chocolate souffle mm-hmm. or vanilla souffle yep. or cheese souffle or anything. But like I said, if you go to a restaurant, it's kind of like creme brulee unless they have like pre-made creme brulee. Right. But like you yeah. have to say at the beginning, we're gonna. I'm gonna the- order this for dessert so that they can like prep because it it. If you don't know what souffle is, it's kind of like a cake. 
Um, but it's very like egg based, like you have egg whites in it. So in the oven, it like puffs up. So the outside gets cooked, but the inside is kind of like gooey, kind of like a mm. molten cake, but not as, not as gooey. Right. Um, and then it puffs up, but like the longer it could fall in the oven, it could completely collapse. But then when you take it out, it's only a short period of time that it stays like puffed up. So you have to serve it right away or else it'll collapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, it probably still tastes the same. You just don't get, get that experience. like that extravagance, right. like, yeah. you know, feeling like it's something really fancy. Um, and it just, it just, like, it might not even be that good. Like, it just, it looks good. Well, it I would guess, so too, good. that you're probably, if you're having, if you're ordering a souffle, you're probably at a really nice French restaurant, which means... That it's probably real good. I don't think I've ever been to a really nice French restaurant. Oh, okay. I don't know that I've ever been to a French restaurant. There, are, so yeah. I mean, when you think of like going out, it's Italian or nothing around here. I've been right? to. I mean, does Fratello's count as fancy Italian? N- no. no. Okay. No. Well, that's the fanciest Italian I've had. I mean, it's fine. It's good. It's... I didn't enjoy it that oh, much. All right. Frate- Sorry, we probably shouldn't like disparage <laughs> restaurants, but I hate Fratello's. It's better than Olive Garden. It's yeah, but Olive Garden is like fake fake italian right but people love olive garden i so hate it no and i know I hate you it do. when people love olive garden. i love olive garden but i don't go there thinking i'm gonna get like authentic Real, yeah. italian food mm, i'm yeah. going there because they have shitty breadsticks that taste like the ones that you buy at the store that yep. are frozen and you get all the salad you want and their minestrone soup is like passable and <laughs> And you, you paused like you were gonna say amazing. No, no, but no. But then you said passable. So and then great. like, and then like they have these mushroom ravioli that I think are really good. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm not going there like, like as a fancy like. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, if I was gonna choose, sort of not real Italian, it would be Carabas over Olive Garden 100 percent of the time. So they at least is make it their that own. like the same thing kind of? No, they at least make their own pasta. Like oh okay, yeah. so it's fresh pasta. Mm. Which we should really stop talking about local. <laughs> well, sorry. Neither neither Olive Garden nor Carabas are, are. I mean, all local. Of, yeah. All My of aunt went to Carabas and she hated it. But yeah, she's also old and finicky. <laughs> but yeah, there's. It I was mean, too loud. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't really have anything to do with the. Was this Fran? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Fran, we love you, Fran. Of course. Um, sweet angel <laughs> so but there are actually a couple of really good italian restaurants in this area like but yeah. no, like french restaurants so when i was in minnesota for a year and a half Ooh, there were minnesota. minnesota there were like no italian restaurants because there's no fucking italians there no italians want to be that cold like <laughs> there were no people of italian you blame them and i worked i yeah, I used to work for um, a corporation, and when I visited the local corporate office there, I met another woman of Italian descent, because I'm of Italian descent, and she was so fucking excited to meet another person of Italian descent. What? It was like she hadn't ever seen another one, because she's from the East Coast originally. She's from Rhode Island. Yeah. And she's like, your last name, you are Italian. And she was just real, like, she embraced me. I mean, we're it was like we're a long lost family. Like, we just, yeah, we're just like, yeah. All, all, Out there, it's all Swedes and Germans. Oh, yeah, I guess. To be fair here, it's mostly Irish. Yeah. It's like 50 50. There's a lot of Italian. With Italians? Yes. I would say it's 50 50 Irish and French. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, a lot the, of French. The too. Do. There's way more French yeah. and Irish than Italian. Speaking mm-hmm. of which, we have to do an episode on poutine. I barely. The poutine fest is on the same weekend as Pride Portsmouth. Oh, 
Because someone from my work, I invited him to go to Pride with us. And he's like, I'm busy. I'm going to be at Poutine Fest down at the Budweiser plant. Sidebar. (laughs) The idea of Poutine makes me want to barf. Yeah, no, I am not. I'll try it, but. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, your question of, like, what's a food you've always wanted to try and never have? Uh, I have a long list of foods I've ne- I never want to try. Well, that's, yeah, that's a whole other. That's a different. Ooh, that I'm gonna write that one down. <laughs> foods you never want to try. I think like the foods that I've wanted to try and haven't. It's all been like for economic reasons. Okay. Like I've like been broke or poor or whatever because I've like I had a job where I was fortunate enough to travel a lot, but I was also in a financial position where I never had enough money to really fully enjoy my travels. Sure. What are you talking about? You got you expense all the food. Yeah, but I didn't have a car. Like I would have to pay for it out of pocket. Oh, that's true and then wait to get the That's right. right. Yeah, you right, you right, you right. That's only only yeah, only managers have like the corporate Amex. Right. Business specialists should, but they don't. But anyways, so that, that's a different conversation. <laughs> so like I've been like I've been fortunate enough to travel like uh, like o- all over the United States and and been exposed to opportunities to have different kinds of food where even though I'm like I'm a picky eater, I've thought like, oh, I want to try that and here. I might as well try that. But because I was strapped for cash, I would think to myself, well, I only have X amount of dollars today Pizza to spend then. on food. I have to make sure it's something I'm actually <laughs> going to want to eat. Yeah, sure. So like I've been very resistant even when I've been like mentally open and emotionally open to trying mm-hmm. new foods financially mm-hmm. haven't been able to. So what? What would there? What was one that you like? What you like? Fa? Like I when I went to Seattle, there were so many noodle places, and it smelled so good. Mm. But fa isn't expensive. Oh, but you were worried you would spend the money and then you wouldn't, and then wouldn't have it to to spend on something I knew I I was gonna say because fa is pretty cheap. Like that's one of the like main things. But yeah, if you were worried, like oh, this is my dinner and I don't like it, I guess I'm gonna be hungry. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I've always wanted to try, and this is, you probably will think this is disgusting too, but lamb, like, no, cause I've it lamb. smells really good. Lamb, lamb mm-hmm. is really good. Yeah. But I've, but it's like a expensive, weird, like it's at Greek restaurants, right. which there are a lot of Greek restaurants around here too, but like it's more, it's a pricier thing and I'm very particular about meat yeah. to begin with. So like well, I've, and I, you've got to cook it right too. Right. Like if you fuck, if it's too dry, it's like. Because yeah. lamb's one that you don't think should be. I think I could be wrong about this, but where you you don't think it should be a little bit pink, but it should be I a think little it bit be, pink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's I think it gets real tough real fast. Yes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm also unsure. I don't think it's actually a baby sheep. I think it's a young sheep. It's not like veal where no, right. it's a baby cow that they keep in a box its entire life so that it's tender. I think yeah. it's just like a younger. Yeah, it's terrible. It, uh, it's just like a younger. I think that's correct. Sheep, because I think otherwise it's just mutton, right? And I because think it's almost impossible to eat unless it's in a, everything in Ireland was lamb. That's right. But I don't. But you see so many adult sheep, so there's no way that like. That's but you never right. see any baby sheep. <laughs> <laughs> but they have to grow up. <laughs> so they were baby sheep at one point. Don't ruin Ireland for me. Oh, watching the gears turn on Have that one. Have you ever seen great. a baby pigeon? No. Wait, what? What is that? Is that from something? You don't see baby birds in general because they're in the nest. I saw a baby robin today, or, or like what? a like a adolescent robin, not like a little baby one, but like one that seemed like it was probably learning how to fly. Oh. So it wasn't completely orange on its chest yet. It had some like white 
with like spots and it was like yelling at another robin and i was like i think and then there was another smaller one so i think it was like mom like taking them out wow because it was like yelling it was like give me some worms mom he was really cute sorry i keep what were you no that's fine i was going to share another story about how i'm worried my son's a serial killer but that can we can save that he didn't kill an animal did he no, so um, we we found an abandoned robin's nest. Okay, and there were three eggs in it, mm-hmm. and and it was like in a building facility that we knew the mom couldn't get back to the nest and it had been there for a couple of days. So we knew that the like the the baby robins inside the eggs were likely already probably dead. Yeah, yeah. but uh, my husband brought the robin's nest uh, home to show the kids what it looked like because it had the eggs in it and everything. And then my daughter is this, like, beautiful little, like, woodland sprightly empathetic child. And she, like, took the robin's nest and, like, placed it gently in a tree branch so that she could go and visit with it. And then, like, my son found it and he just grabbed the eggs and squished them in his hands. (laughs) But to be, I mean, okay, but to be fair, he doesn't, I'm sure he does not understand eggs. Like, you guys eat eggs. Right. So, like, he sees you making breakfast or whatever, and you're just, you cracking eggs open. Right. Pan. It's not a thing. Right. He probably does not understand, We like, did explain to him that there were, at one point, baby birds in those eggs. But they probably weren't anymore. But they probably weren't anymore. And I think it was more of, like, a, like, he just held it too tight thing. Like, because he's a very strong young child. Yeah. He probably did. didn't know his strength. Well, and they're very, they're super brittle. Mm. Yes. So very fragile. I have like a recurring nightmare of something that I did when I was a kid. So I found a robin's nest when I was younger at my aunt's house because we used to go over in the summer because she had a pool, uh, not Fran, a different one. Um, and I found a robin's nest and I was just so enamored with it that like I wanted to like look at it. Mm-hmm. So I moved it uh. and the eggs fell out. Oh, and they broke. And oh. I was like, I feel like I was like seven. Yeah. And I still every now and then will have a dream because oh. I just felt so bad. Like, I feel like if she did that would probably just be like in tears. Well, I was going to ask heartbroken. What did, what did she how did she react to? Oh, to him destroying that? She so she's like her little brother's biggest champion. Oh, because I was like. You so shouldn't do that. And she went, Mom, Mom, it's okay. He just didn't know. He doesn't understand. I was just going to say she was probably like, he didn't do it on purpose. Yes. She's the one that's going to hide the gun. That's what I just said. Yes. It's going to happen. It's not going to be you. He's going to go to his big sister for help. Probably. And she's going to say, don't worry. Now I have to cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> we said we said my daughter's name too. So it's, we did. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'm gonna have to go through and that was such a pain in the ass last time. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's not your fault. Like it's just you know. Yeah. Whatever. All right. I think those are good. I think those are good choices. Like I think. Um, y- yeah, and and it certainly could be financial, or it could be like just wasn't something that was around when you know mm. when you were trying to were you gonna say you never had poutine oh i've never had poutine either okay oh. i was gonna say i thought that's where you were going and then we never got there because we went yeah, off on a tangent i got yeah. distracted by yeah. myself per so huge yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's I, the gravy i find that bizarre that out. you've never had poutine yeah considering like 90 percent of my family is french canadian it is weird and i've lived in manchester new hampshire which is like 
the French Canadian capital of mm-hmm. New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you can't go to Poutine Fest because if you're going anywhere that day, you're going to Pride with me. Oh, yeah. So sorry. About I guess it. if you have to choose. Also, it's at the Walmart of beers. So yeah. You know, yeah. Um, they do have horses. I know. I know. <laughs> they were hiring, and I was like, "Ooh, maybe I can go and just brush the horses. That would be fun." Um. <laughs> Cool. Well, that's the good good choices. Yeah, that's um, a good question. So, Melissa, that's me. What are we drinking today? Okay, so, so the drink's a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> that sigh. Yeah. No, no, no. So it uh, it's kind of tangentially connected to our episode topic. So we're doing Boston cream pie <laughs> and communism. It does have a connection, which we will get to later. Um, but because it's June, this will be the last episode we released in June. I really kind of wanted to do something for Pride. Um, so if you don't know, June is like international international um, Pride Month to celebrate um, gay pride, lesbian pride, transgender, intersex, asexual, whatever your kind of thing LGBTQ is. plus. Yes. Plus, 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 T- plus. LGBTQTIA plus. Yes. Uh, acronyms are dyslexics. Worst nightmare. It's too many. I can't mm-hmm. remember either. Um, and it's something that's super important to us. I mean, we all identify differently. I I mean, for a long time, I identified as bisexual. Now I am identify. I do mean air quotes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of labels, but I understand their necessity in the world. Um, identify as pansexual because I just don't care. Mm-hmm. If you're transgender and I think you're hot, and you got a good personality, like, I'm here for it. <laughs> I don't care. Um, but at the same time, I've never had to suffer any sort of discrimination because of that. I've had some female flings in the past, but I was never, I never had a girlfriend that I was, like, out with public, in public right. with or someone that I was with that was transgender. I've pretty much always had a straight, public-facing straight relationship. Um so the drink that we're doing is obviously based on pride. I wanted to do like a history of pride. Um, but I also feel like there are people that are more equipped and have more right to like cover. Sure. Um, but if you guys don't mind, I just kind of want to get a quick. I did not warn them about this. So. Oh, boy. Um, quick kind of like what you identify as and kind of what what you feel and a brief, very brief synopsis of how you feel about kind of pride and and all that sort of stuff. And I'm just kind of going to go clockwise. So cool. we're going to go to Me. Amy. Because Amy is an interesting one. Oh, am I? <laughs> <laughs> um, I have similar feelings uh, as Melissa expressed earlier, but I use the term queer for myself. Um, I also, if you see me in, in person, have a shaved head and sometimes I wear girly stuff and sometimes I Babe. wear masculine stuff. Thanks. She's somewhat androgynous yes which i am into (laughs) that's my plan (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah uh you know i've i've had a whirlwind of of uh history although i'm in a uh, hetero appearing relationship and have been for for quite a while both of us have uh explored different gender identities over the years um and dealt with some of the fallout of that with family and friends and most of it being overwhelmingly supportive because we're incredibly lucky so yay um but yeah so i i identify as queer and um even before i identified as queer as identified as an ally too and i've often joked too because i have a lot of 
uh, queer, gay, lesbian, bisexual relatives, too, that if there is a gay gene, it runs real strong in my family. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But that that's me. I've only got one in my family that I know of. That you know of. And he was uh, amazing. And I wish he was still here, but. I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm derailing the conversation a little bit. Uh, I started watching Gentleman Jack on oh HBO, which so, is so effing good. Oh, my God. I want to watch that so bad. She looks so good in those suits. Yeah. Like, I. It's like sh- Down Abbey for lesbians. I'm pretty sure I got wet just watching the trailer. <laughs> I but, don't know what this is. But then Greg canceled HBO because um, oh, Game I of can, Thrones ended. Yeah. We only pay for it like when like so Game of Thrones, Veep and Barry all ended. Mm-hmm. So like he's like, all right, I canceled it. We only have it like for another two weeks. And I'm like, that's not enough time to watch Gentleman Jack. Although I'm sure if I was like, hey, I really want to watch these other shows, he would probably yeah. get it again. It's but. real good. It's based on the real life of a woman who lived in the late 1800s. Um, she was a, a, I guess a noble woman is the right terminology like i said it's like it's like um downton abbey but with lesbians so she's like an affluent woman who is a landowner and she dresses in very masculine clothes and instead of taking a husband she decides to take a wife so she has a a whole slew of lesbian lovers over the years and then eventually she decides she wants to you know quote unquote settle down and she woos um this woman who would later become known as her her wife or her companion um who is of the same social status of her so it's like almost like pride and prejudice meets downton abbey meets lesbian fan fiction it's wonderful but it's all based on a real person nice yeah i'm into it groundbreaking but um yeah was that That, yeah that was that i just got real excited sorry (laughs) (laughs) okay um okay so i it's an it's interesting and i um fully realize that i am um privileged because it's not a conversation that i've ever really had to have yeah um i am i'm a cis straight woman um who god so privileged i know like i said uh. <laughs> like i said i have never experienced any discrimination yeah. for the fact that i don't care whether someone has a dick or a penis so i'm just being funny right no <laughs> um but um i definitely i felt very strongly when i was um probably in early college um i experimented didn't we all um (laughs) i didn't go to college but i did a lot of that experimenting in high school um (laughs) but i really i always used to kind of champion that i felt like every person on the face of the planet was actually born bisexual um because i truly believe if everyone really paid attention to who they could love um that they it wouldn't matter mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. was underneath their clothes um not having to be someone who has ever um had to deal with gender identity issues or any kind of um any kind of discrimination because of my sexuality and knowing and loving the people who I do know and love in my life um I realize that I am so um lucky and um I feel so strongly for anybody who has to 
fight just to fucking love somebody. Are you going to cry? Yeah. No, you're making me messed up. It's it's fucked up, guys. Yes, it is. just fucked up. It shouldn't matter where you want to go to the bathroom or who you want to have sex with or who you don't want to have sex with. What happens between consenting adults is nobody's fucking business. No fucking Mm -hmm. shit. So, um, so I am, I, I think I was an ally before that was a thing. Sure. Um, and that's, that's because you were a compassionate person because it doesn't, it It doesn't doesn't matter. matter. You have empathy. And, and I also, (laughs) yeah, there's that thing. This is America. We don't prescribe to that sort of thing. Right. So, um, so yeah, I'm definitely down for, uh, whatever the pride drink is that we're drinking right now. (laughs) And I do have some history to go through based on where this pride drink was created, which we'll get into once I mix the drink because it's fucked up. Um, so the drink we're going to be drinking tonight is called Off the Wall. It is named after the Michael Jackson song when it was creator, created not as problematic, uh, knowing what we yep, know now. Yep. Um, Hindsight. Maybe, maybe you wouldn't call it that, but the, the lyrics of that song is what inspired the bartender to make this drink. So this cocktail was created by Mel... Uh, okay. Elba Ladejo um, and she is I don't know if she still is but when she created the drink she was a bartender at the Stonewall Inn in New York mm-hmm. um, so this cocktail is made up of cucumber vodka pomegranate juice simple syrup fresh ginger fresh mint and white peppercorn oh my goodness um, so it's a little sweet a little tart Sounds and yummy. just a bit spicy <laughs> um, so we're gonna take a quick break so that I can mix that up and then we're kind of gonna talk about uh where this drink was created and its importance in um, gay liberation history. Nice. So we'll be right back. Okay, tonight is a culmination of confluent events for me. Uh, This was something I became aware of shortly after receiving Glad's invitation to tonight's affair. A sudden synchronism of time space that included the 20 year anniversary of Bound the Trans Day of Visibility, National Women's Day, and Pi Day, all occurring within a month's time concurrent with my own coming out with the help of the fabulous people at GLAAD, Nick Adams. As well as the extremely sensitive and courteous people at the Daily Mail. Thanks, guys. Um, my sister Julie likes to joke, you can't write this shit. <laughs> but interconnectivity and serendipity, our relationship to each other, past, present, and future, to those who have come before and those who will follow. Sensate was born from this primordial human stuff. Where do we find the courage to break free of the boxes of our lives, to transcend and overcome tragedy, the monsters within, and the violence we do to ourselves when we are f- too afraid to be who we really are? There's a critical eye being cast back on Lana's and my work through the lens of our transness. This is a cool thing because uh, it's an excellent reminder that art is never static. Uh, And while the ideas of identity and transformation are critical components in our work, the bedrock that all ideas rest upon is love. Right, so we're getting back to it. Woo. All right. So we have our drinks. So cheers, everybody. Cheers to Pride Month and communism. (laughs) Yay. Woo. 
Yeah. That is a little spicy. It is. I like just it a lot, like, though. Just at the very back of your throat. Yeah. You get that little kick. I The, mm, the, the cucumber and the, the mint. cucumber and mint. Yeah, that's good. So good. This is a nice summery beverage. It really is. Much better than the Min- Well, not better than the Minnesota one, but closer to what the weather we're actually experiencing is. Wow. More appropriate for 80 degree days. Yes. This is... This is... And it has a lot of alcohol in it, so... All right. <laughs> Buck, a, a, buckle your seatbelts, ladies and gentlemen. Woo. This is a winner. Woo. All right. Sound sidebar. Let's make sure everybody's... Everybody's where they need to be. We're not more than five inches away from the mic when we speak. We should have, like, little... um, Like, a little... <laughs> no, because then I'll feel like I'm trying to blow the microphone. <laughs> and that won't... That will just distract me. That'll be a whole other... That's, yeah. That's a whole it's other a different thing. podcast. That's, that's right, a okay. bonus episode for our patrons. <laughs> you got to pay for that. Yeah. I can't, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to do kind of like a little snippet of Pride history. Um, again, like I said, I swear to God, there will be a tangential connection later on in the episode. <laughs> we believe you. Um, we're here. Yeah, we're, so like I said, you. this was made, um, this was created, it was created, I think, last year for Pride at the Stonewall Inn in Greenwich Village, New York. Um, so that's a gay bar. In the 1960s, um, some of you, you probably already know what this is about. You already know what this is about? A little bit. A little bit. So like I knew this was a thing, but yeah. I didn't like... I read a bunch about it and I was like, oh, my God. So it was a gay bar located in New York City's Greenwich Village. In the 1960s, New York City Mafia saw a chance to make a profit on catering to society's, air quotes, less desirable. Yep. Um, so the Genovese crime family, who I will call the G family from now on because it's it's just too hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the more you drink, the harder it will become. Yeah. Um, they controlled most of... Is it green? It's Greenwich, right? Not Greenwich. 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 It's Greenwich. Yeah. But it's spelled Greenwich. Yeah. 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 Um, controlled most of Greenwich Village's gay bars. Um, so they purchased the Stonewall Inn in 1966. Um, basically went in, made some minor cheap renovations, and then reopened it a year later as a gay bar. Um, Stonewall Inn was registered as a quote unquote bottle bar. Um, so what that meant was that it was like basically BYOB. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, so that way that they didn't need to have a liquor license because people would come and like so, well supposedly they were supposed to bring their own alcohol okay um and then attendees had to sign in to kind of like give this air of like exclusivity that wasn't okay, actually so like a club, almost like yeah, a club but it yeah, wasn't like actually a thing it wasn't exclusive or, or whatever um so during this time so like i said technically they didn't need a liquor license um, but during this time, the G family was bribing police um, so that they could pretty much do whatever they wanted in their bars without consequence and without oversight. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of the bars were pretty terribly run. Um, and Stonewall was no different. It was just like a shitty dive bar, basically. It didn't have a fire exit. Um, it didn't have running water behind the bar. So like you couldn't wash glasses or anything like that um they made really terrible watered down drinks obviously i mean you gotta increase that profit um and they had toilets that like didn't work a lot and overflowed like constantly Um, so basically just terrible um and then the mafia even blackmailed their wealthier uh wealthier wealthier patrons um who didn't want their sexuality to be publicized so Mm -hmm. they would blackmail them like we have pictures of you at this bar with this other guy or whatever. Um, so, I mean, a pretty good racket for them. Um, and, and I mean, 
it's really easy to be like, oh, the mafia, they're terrible. But people still went there because it was a space where they could be yeah. them, essentially. Um, so, like I said, their patrons didn't care at all that all of this stuff happened. Um, what they cared about was that Stonewall offered a safe space for them to be themselves. It was big. It was cheap. It welcomed drag queens who, mm-hmm. at the time, were uh, ridiculed and ostracized by a lot of the gay community and a lot of other gay bars. They weren't really welcome, um, which is just like, yeah, it's so crazy when you yeah. read about a marginalized group and then realize even within that group, there's they another margin- group yeah. that is marginalized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, which is just like Pose, the the TV show Pose mm-hmm. does an amazing clips from it. job talking about that kind of dichotomy. Obviously, it's from a different time period, but it's, yeah. it's from the 80s. But talking about kind of like the weird hierarchy within the LGBTQ plus community of like, like who can be in what spaces when. Right. Yeah. Like just people have a good time, man, if they're not hurting anybody. Um, so it allowed drag queens. It also was on, one of the only gay bars left at the time that still allowed dancing which when i read that i was like what, what are this? we in footloose that's my note say what is this <laughs> fucking footloose <laughs> like literally wait what? i assume because most of them just became like a bar and also there's a mm-hmm. reason i'm going to get into why maybe a lot of them didn't allow dancing um so corrupt cops would normally tip off the mafia when there was going to be a raid on any of their establishments um so they gave them time to stash away any liquor if they didn't have a license or any other illicit substances or activities that they had going on so they would get a warning so now we're going to get on to the stonewall uprising which most places call it the stonewall riots Mm -hmm. um which i mean yes technically they were riots but i feel like riots tend to put the fault on the rioters yeah where most most big turning points in any sort of rights movement civil rights gay rights um women's rights there's always a riot there's always there's always i know people say like violence isn't the answer but when you're a marginalized group that can't make change Mm -hmm. eventually there's a boiling point there's a boiling point Mm -hmm. and it's going to lead to violence Mm -hmm. which is something that i kind of feel like our country is kind of on the precipice of right now but that's a whole (laughs) that's a whole other thing that's also another podcast yeah (laughs) so the stonewall uprising was a series of violent confrontations between police and gay rights activists outside the stonewall inn on june 28th 1969 um the police raided the inn for operating without a liquor license which it was just based i mean they were serving alcohol without a license, but it was basically just a bullshit reason to sure, arrest right. a bunch of gay people. Um, and they arrested all of the employees. Um, the inn had actually been raided just a few days before. Okay. Um, but the mafia had been warned early enough to get everyone out. And this didn't happen this time. And the raid that took place in the early hours of June 28th was a complete surprise to the bar patrons and employees. Now, this is where it gets fucking nuts. <laughs> So a New York statute at the time allowed police to arrest anyone not wearing at least three articles of gender appropriate clothing. What? Mm -hmm. And this is 1969. Oh, my God. It gets crazier. It's now legal to walk down the streets of New York City with your... Never mind. I don't know if you're going to say... Let me get me through through my thing and then you can say what you were going to say. I'll stop being a know-it-all. I don't know what it was. I don't think you were going to say what I'm going to talk about. Okay. Just to be safe. (laughs) Um, so this led obviously to the arrest of many of the bar's patrons. Oh. Now, what gender appropriate clothing means 
is a kind of a mystery to me. Mm-hmm. I kind of went down a rabbit hole, a hole trying to figure out what this meant. Obviously, it's more discriminatory towards men, which is like rare. Right. Um, right. Because it's much easier to get by as a woman wearing pants, men's clothes mm-hmm. than it is for a man that's wearing something that's obviously right. quote unquote meant for a woman. Um, so <laughs> kind of crazy sidebar. It's not really sidebar because it's connected. But so up until 1966, it was illegal to even serve alcohol to gay patrons. This was overturned so bars could serve the gay patrons, but engaging in gay behavior in public, which could include holding hands, kissing, or dancing with someone of the same sex, was still illegal, so police harassment of gay bars continued. Bitch, I dance with girls all the time. Well, and I feel like, again, this is something that was probably more discriminatory towards men. I'm sure. Because it was probably more acceptable. And it wasn't like like dancing. It was like dancing. Right, right. Which And so this is why I think maybe we have the Footloose thing going Mm -hmm. on. It was just a way to maybe avoid, like, outright, like police coming in even right. when they don't have the right. liquor licensing right. and arresting their patrons. They're like, don't do it because then we don't have to worry about I can't stop drinking this drink. And yeah, it's you really guys, yummy. You guys, Amy, slow down. Put, <laughs> put the drink down. Have some water. Have some water. <laughs> it's... I'm not even through my bit yet. We've got a lot of episode to go. Yeah, but then I talk for a really long that's time. That's true. And I get parched, Melissa. Well, that's what your water's for. <laughs> Okay, so here's the the fun thing that I discovered. So this is an even crazier sidebar. So there was a 19th century statewide law, which kind of comes into uh, this 1969 thing, um, where uh, a law prohibited wearing, quote unquote, the dress of the opposite gender. So a person perceived as male who dressed in clothing customarily designed for a woman could technically be arrested in New York for impersonating a female. Do you guys want to know how recently that law was on the books? No. Ew, no. You're going to tell us. 2011. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Now, to be fair, I assume this is very much like we. So in New Hampshire, we just overturned the death penalty. Right. Mm-hmm. On the It was still on the books as like death by hanging. Yeah. Because we don't. Do, do it. it yeah so it was we're not texas it was still a thing but we didn't do it so i imagine that even though in new york until 2011 technically it was illegal to wear clothes of the opposite gender which like what the fuck does that even mean mm-hmm. did someone hit that anyways um i think someone might be sitting on the mic or something or on the controller whatever um it it didn't actually get overturned until 2011 they actually changed it that's so crazy. How fucking nuts. I read that. I was at work researching it and I like was like, guys, guys, hold on. So I had already uh, uh, made everybody listen to me about the 1969 can't hold hands or anything. And then I'm like, guys, guys, 2011. Yeah. 2011. Who the fuck cares if a dude wants to wear a fucking dress? Maybe he wants to air his fucking dick out. Who cares? <laughs> Please tell me you said that to your coworkers. Um, I probably said that to my boss, <laughs> but not in the break room where everyone could hear me because someone might be offended. We do have a couple Trump supporters. Um, they want to air their dicks out way more than everybody else. Let's be honest. <laughs> um, but so that was crazy. So back to the raid that took place. Yeah. So this was the third time a raid like this took place in Greenwich Village in a very short period of time. Um, so people were kind of getting a little... A little fed up. So a a small crowd of bar patrons and people from the neighborhood had gathered outside as the raid was taking place. Um, And as a cop forced a lesbian into a paddy wagon, he hit her on the top of the head like pretty hard with force. Um, She then screamed 
I wrote creamed in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) She then screamed to the crowd to act. Basically, like, you see what's happening. Fucking do something. Yep. So in the past, the crowd had normally, like, dispersed. Like, no problem. So the cops were not expecting this to be any different. And they were fucking wrong. Um, So the crowd, angered by the police uh, treatment of the employees and the patrons, began to scream and throw whatever they could find at the police. Uh, Bottles, change, trash. Um, There's even a story of what initially started the quote-unquote riots, which was that someone threw a brick at a Mm -hmm. cop. After reading a lot, no one can like it's such a it's such a crazy time. And there's so many accounts of what happened that no one's even sure if that brick was thrown or or if like. Oh, yeah. Oh, give me the no. The other one you were sitting on. (laughs) We're not watching Netflix. What happened? What'd you do, Kate? (laughs) All right, we have to pause because I have to fix whatever Kate did. All right, we're back. I did not fix the problem. I just put a Band-Aid on it. (laughs) Who has four remotes? People that have multiple, like, things. Like, what what do you mean? One's for the the HD player. (laughs) One's for the Xbox. One's for the TV. One's for the Roku. That's life in 2019. Mm -hmm. Catch up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So they're screaming, yelling, throw a brick, whatever. So this one act is considered to be the catalyst for the riots that would follow. And while this was not the start of the the gay rights, you know, kind of liberation movement, this is considered like a galvanizing, like, force. Mm-hmm. So the police outnumbered, um, barricade, barricaded themselves along with a reporter from the Village Voice and a few prisoners inside the inn. Um, so the rioters broke through the barricade many times and were pushed back. The police are calling reinforce- reinforcements. It's getting crazy. So the people outside then set fire to the bar um, until reinforcements arrived, put out the fire and dispersed mm-hmm. the crowd. Mm-hmm. But that was not the end of it. Riots continued on and off for the next five days, sometimes with thousands of people. There's a... What? Is it an ant? Yeah. Where? It's like the biggest ant I've ever seen. Oh, That's like, what... you Did you see me make that face earlier when you were talking? Because yeah. I was like, holy shit, that is the biggest ant I've ever seen. It was it's crawling car- up your wall. It's a carpenter ant. Yeah. Kitten, what good are you? Go fucking get it. Eat it. <laughs> Earn your keep. That's the ant that got away from him last night because he's a fucking soft boy. (laughs) Look, he's just staring at it. I like how we're talking about the Stonewall riots and then you (laughs) call him a soft boy. (laughs) Yeah, like it has nothing to do with his sexual orientation. Like just your fucking cat. Use your teeth. He can't even eat a piece of chicken. I have to make sure it's really tiny for him because like he doesn't know how to use his teeth. Okay, but let's be honest. Did it start because you gave him really tiny pieces of chicken? No. No, I try and give him larger pieces of meat. And he's just like, I don't know what to do. He just like licks it. <laughs> I don't. My cat's messed up. Anyway. But he's so cute. So the riots continued for the next five days, sometimes with thousands of people. Um, the Stonewall Uprising led to the start of many LGBTQIA plus mm-hmm. orgs, including the Gay Liberation Front, Human Rights Campaign, GLAAD, and PFLAG. Um, in 2016... President Barack Obama designated the site of the riots, which included Stonewall Inn, Christopher Park, and surrounding streets and sidewalks as a national monument for its contribution to gay and human rights. We miss you. I just got goosebumps. I mean, Mm -hmm. like, 
I have yeah. Obama, look, I had a lot of prom- problems with you guy. Like you dropped a lot of bombs, but like we still miss you. Yeah. Um so um this is why I was thinking maybe like more festivities like our uh, my work participates pretty heavily in Pride, but I think they're putting a lot of their efforts behind New York right now because right now and for the entire month of June um, New York City is hosting Stonewall 50 World Pride NYC 2019 because this year marks the 50th anniversary oh, shit, of the yeah. start of the Stonewall Uprising. Organizers are planning for Stonewall 50 to be the largest international LGBTQIA plus event in history. Um, and we know this will be coming out later in June, but if you would like to um, like to know more information, you can go to nycpride.org and that will tell you all about it that's awesome Mm -hmm. and that's my bit yeah we're gonna have um up on our uh blog too up on our site we're going to have um some posts this this uh upcoming week which is going to be in the past for those of you who are listening because recording times are confusing to me amy has a real (laughs) hard time (laughs) like with the whole delayed yeah release thing it's really difficult for me okay um who can think two two weeks in advance? yeah i can't yeah. i can't so if you're listening to this and you haven't read our blog recently please log online go to drunkdish.com and check out some of our posts that we have up there to celebrate uh pride and the lgbtqia plus community good job <coughs> all those letters are so hard um for and and their relationship to food history too as well we always so. tie it back to food in some <coughs> way or some manner yep yep Sorry, I swallowed a piece of uh, mint. Oh, refreshing. Yes. It's a little tickly. It's a little tickly in yeah, my throat. He so, fucking lost it. Yeah, the ant is oh, under the couch. Very disappointed. God, not a very good ant hunter. He is not a Sorry, good buddy. hunter. I love you no matter what, my son, but <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's not up there, you may. Oh, this boy. This has been a shit show. That's All right. Okay. Uh, so, Amy, so how are you going to tie... Boston cream pie and communism to pride. I'm excited to find out. McCarthyism. (laughs) Roll it all right in. Yes. Um, Oh, by the way, I tried to get a Boston cream pie for tonight, but it's like not a thing you can buy at the store. Yeah, Yeah, I know. So I was going to even say I've never actually had. No, me neither. I've had like mousse, like chocolate mousse or whatever. I'm sure Amy will explain what it is, but. Yes. I don't think I've ever seen them. I've only ever had a Boston cream donut. Right. So I yes. assume that Which the pie involves. Yeah, yeah. I assume the pie involves Bavarian cream or something. But yeah. It, so so a Boston cream pie. I'm just going to jump right into it. Yeah. It's two sponge cakes. That's a Boston. Boston. That's a Boston cream pie. It fucking it sucks. <laughs> so the modern. I'm putting this whole fucking town in my review. <laughs> this is great. This is better than our Minnesotan accents. <laughs> Much this better. This whole fucking town in my review. So we're going to continue to talk about world issues, but we're going to go back in time. Boston cream pie and communism. Time travel noise. Yep. Okay. <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier, Boston cream pie as we know it today is actually not a fucking pie. It's a cake. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's two different sponge cakes with a layer of like a custardy cream filling in the middle and then a chocolate glaze on top. That's what we know it today. They do. They do have that in the bakery. 100 yeah. percent yeah so if i had gone to the bakery yeah. and not yeah. been lazy i would have been able to find one that's okay, okay. Yeah. but yes um that's how we know it today so i'm i'm going to talk a little bit about like the evolution of boston cream pie in a little bit but first i want to talk about something 
that I think makes the Boston cream pie one of the coolest desserts ever. Oh, okay. And that's something that happened in 1959. Um, and it's called the kitchen debate. Have you guys ever heard of the kitchen debate? No. Okay. So we're at the height of the. That cold. was a big breath. <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm right, getting ready. <sighs> take a take a sip of water. <laughs> yes, we're at the height of the Cold War. Okay, 1959, and the United States is just getting over McCarthyism. Um, do you guys know what McCarthyism is? Like yes. the Red Scare. <laughs> yes. What I call my period. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I call mine Shark Week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> didn't think it was that funny, but glad you guys do. Dead on the floor. I thought mine was so good. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Um, so McCarthyism takes place from the 40s to the 50s, primarily. Um, it's named after Senator Joseph McCarthy, who was a real piece of work. Oh, real piece of, real work. piece of work. <laughs> um, the idea behind it is that you punish people for ideas instead of actions. Mm-hmm. And then also to, you punish them without any real evidence that they've done anything wrong. Blackball a bunch of people in Hollywood because yep. they're a little bit more liberal. Yep. Yep. Lots of people that point fingers I'm at looking, lots of other people. Yeah. Yes. I'm looking at you, Lucille Ball. I love all our 1940s voices. <laughs> we should do this all the time. I wasn't doing a 1940s voice, but <laughs> we were all like upping our octaves extra, a little bit. Extra, Lucille Ball, blackballed from Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> So McCarthyism, as you guys mentioned, it like targeted a lot of people in Hollywood, right? A lot of artists and writers and people like that, but it also targeted a lot of minorities too. So always, uh, always, always, right? Um, and there is actually uh, another part of McCarthyism too. So you mentioned the Red Scare. There is actually also something called the Lavender Scare too, um, which was a name for uh, essentially instead of outing people for being members of the Communist Party, you were outing people for being gay. Yay! 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 Um, and it it's cr- the party. Yeah. Well, it's, well, it has a nicer name. Lavender is such a nice color, though. It, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's such a nice scent. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but too it doesn't much, sound as scary. Too much is a little soapy. <laughs> No, but it has to be real, <laughs> real lavender, like actual lavender. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so I had heard about that because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I want to do a pride drink, but like, uh, how is that connected? And you're like, oh, the lavender scare. And I'm like, I know what that. I've heard of that before. And then I looked it up. I didn't like do a bunch of reading because I didn't know what you were gonna go go into yeah. or whatever. Um, but like, they got like arrested and stuff, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So they uh they arrested homosexuals. Um, they outed them publicly. They got them fired from their jobs in the government. And then also, too, would target people that they knew were homosexuals for also, like, communist affiliations, awesome. too. So, like, they would, like, kind of double dip there. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Perfectly, Great. Perfectly rational. Yeah. And then there's a lot of laws that go on the books during this time oh. to, to make things illegal. So like no, no butt sex rules. Yeah. No butt sex rules. Great. Yep. Great. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was fun. Uh, I, I legitimately was literally like, that's a thing. Yeah. Like, OK, I'm dumb. Yeah, America's great. Obviously, it should be like. I mean, did you just say America's great? Yes. To be fair, we don't (laughs) kill gay people anymore like they do in Uganda. So we do have some stuff going for us. I mean, it's not like institutionalized killing. Right. 
well but like in uganda you can get arrested and be put to death for being gay so right but america has american some, republican senators you know. helped write that ugandan law which is a whole nother podcast um Melissa looks Melissa's terrified. Brain just exploded inside of her. There, yeah, there were head. there were there was like a um, a trip of several United States senators who went over to Uganda to help write that little bit of legislation. Um, I actually do remember seeing that now and deciding yeah. not to read that article. Keeping yeah. it classy, Senate. Keeping yep. it classy. So you guys meant you mentioned oh, Lucille no. Ball earlier yeah. as a victim of McCarthyism. Mm-hmm. Um, Langston Hughes mm-hmm. is another one. Alan Lenny Bruce. What? Uh, Did you no. say Lenny Bruce? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Ginsberg. Um, there's a really if you guys ever want to find out about like poetry and beatnik movement and also how the Supreme Court and the Senate defines pornography. There's um, some really great pieces written about Allen Ginsberg who had to define what pornography was. There in is front of no the Senate. there is no definition for pornography. You know what? When you see it just like art. But I mean, there's some French films that are gener- like our art films, right. but there's like pr- penetration in it. Right. The fucking star of Inglorious Bastards had been in a bunch of French films where she fucking got drilled, but it wasn't porn. Anyways, I have very strong opinions about right. it. Right. So, so um, McCarthyism targeted Allen Ginsberg because of his very long poem called Howl, which I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys have ever oh, yeah, read or listened on, to it. It's on my uh, banned books bracelet. Yes. Um, but the, yeah, he, he got to define or help define what pornography is because... Uh, people during this time period identified his poem as pornography, which is fun. Um, Charlie Chaplin, W.E.B. Du Bois. Well, of course, Charlie Chaplin. Yeah. Arthur Miller, Orson Welles. Essentially, everyone I think of when I think of American culture from the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> which is great. I think anyone that was somewhat <clears throat> liberal and had a voice, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And uh, by the mid-1950s, McCarthyism starts to decline. Partially because the world is a very boring place without the artists and the weirdos <laughs> yeah. and the movie makers. Um, so in the artists and, and and also a lot of the propaganda about communism was bullshit. Yes. Although, so as McCarthyism starts to decline, uh, the United States government starts to pick up more subtle ways of combating communism. Um, one of the things I'm going to talk about a little bit later is that the CIA actually uh, puts together a task force to uh, create... Uh, culture weaponry so like they weaponize culture like they pick they hand select paintings and artists and pieces of literature that they know will challenge communist ideology and then like just sprinkle them into like communist heavy areas to try and challenge those perceptions so why am i surprised by that why i have such a Communism is not what people think it is, is all I got to right. say. And most of the countries that say that they're communists are not fucking communists. They're right. dictatorships or fascist regi- regimes. Like Russia is not fucking communist. No, right. it's an authoritarian. North Korea mm-hmm. is not fucking communist. That's not what it is. And, I know. And Venezuela know. is a whole nother thing. I know. I know. Okay. <laughs> So one of the things that was like a sign of this thawing is in 1958, the U.S. and the Soviets agree to something called the U.S.-Soviet Cultural Agreement. And that's essentially where they're like, you know what? 
it would actually be really beneficial for us if we let things thaw out a little bit and then we can kind of infiltrate from the inside. So instead of just telling our own citizen, citizens, citizens, that's a word, citizens that communism sucks and capitalism is great, we could actually like start speaking directly to the Russian people and convince them of this through, like I said, like the ways that the CIA was was doing covertly already of like by introducing them to American capitalistic democratic culture. Um, so the at this time, the U.S. is putting all this pressure on the Soviet Union to stop occupying smaller countries. And the U.S. is launching this like internal propaganda campaign too, trying to paint the Soviets as evil. Um, and they there's all these like PSAs that are going out on the radio being like, pray for your Soviet, um, you know, counterparts because they're under this horrible control. So like they're putting all the blame on the government and trying to humanize the people, which, which is mean, a switch from McCarthyism, which is good because right. in a war, I mean, we just watched sidebar. <laughs> uh, we've started watching a lot of videos from, I think he's called like the history guy or something. And he does these, these videos, uh, history that should be remembered. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about world war one and a man that got lynched in the United States during world war one, who was a German immigrant. I can't remember his name. And I feel like such an asshole, but it was basically about how the government, when they decided to get into the war, they didn't just demonize the government that was Germany, mm -hmm. they demonized German the people. people. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, in yeah, the yeah. United States were like, you know, basically like keep an eye on your German like neighbors yep. and whatever. And they made up a huge portion of the population in the United States at that time. So then this poor guy who was super patriotic, like when the war broke out, he he went and got his citizenship and tried to join um, the war effort but he was missing an eye he had a glass eye so he was denied mm -hmm. so then like he tried to join a union and he got denied and then when he posted a letter of his basically grievance that he didn't get to join the union the it was minors the minors went and got drunk and then all decided that because he was German he was a German oh. spy and they, they I mean they they beat the shit out of him and they they lynched him and they killed him and yeah. they were all they were all acquitted like 11 guys got uh, arrested and tried and they were all acquitted that's fucking horrible and in the t and then they there's like a photo of them standing outside the courthouse <laughs> after they got acquitted holding american flags basically hiding behind their patriotism when this german guy was just as much or not if not more patriotic than a lot of the other people mm -hmm. um that had gotten killed and like in that town it was very like these guys are heroes but I mean, luckily, in the rest of the country, it wasn't really seen that way. Newspapers, like, blotted out the American flags because they were like, don't let these don't, guys hide. Yeah. But, like, right. the United States was basically like, watch out for Germans. So you're saying, like, I didn't think that we ever said it's not the people, it's the regime. Right. But I guess you're saying the Red Scare was, like, it's everybody that has these ideologies and then they kind of switch to, like, right. They well, backed off not a little really. bit. Yeah. Let's, we need artists to make life worth living. Yes. <laughs> like, Yeah. So they, they started talking mostly about what the government was doing as opposed to like the people as this monolithic thing. Um, and it's, you know, the, the so the United States with the, their propaganda, they're talking about it in these different terms. Right. And they're also trying to highlight like how awesome America is. Yeah. So they're like, look at all these technological advances we have. Look at how the you know standard of living is so much better. The United States versus the USSR. And which I mean, to be fair, was true. It was yeah. true. Right. So they're highlighting all these technological advances. 
and it actually um there's uh at this time nixon was the vice president and then um i'm probably gonna say his name wrong khrushchev khrushchev was the uh soviet first secretary Mm. and they have this like very public kind of like back and forth where they're constantly just kind of like taking snipes at each Mm -hmm. other so like as these psas are coming out and they're like look at all these technological advances at one point um khrushchev is he he the guy khrushchev is he the the guy that had a thing for kids i don't know so one of stalin's like upper like main guys um he was kind to be fair i'm getting all of my information on this based on the movie death the death of stalin Ah. which is really good but it's 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 serious and it's true but it's also played for laughs yeah um but like the guy that's basically like probably gonna take over for stalin which i think is khrushchev um like raped small like young girls fun basically but then the other guy in the movie played by steve buscemi (laughs) spoiler alert murder they murder him Mm because he's a piece of trash and also he wants like steve buscemi wants to take over and then he does and then i think someone else kills him and whatever but i'm adding that to my watch list this could be it's it's really good and Mm -hmm. it's like funny even though it's uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because like you wouldn't think a movie with like you know child rape in it and they don't show it but it's it's obvious that that's what's happening. Yeah. Like he has a girl brought in for him. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I think. Oh, God. I hope I'm not getting it wrong. It doesn't. We don't have any listeners, so nobody's going to correct me. But I think that's Khrushchev. I think listeners, if Melissa's wrong, <laughs> please do, because then we know you're listening. Yes. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's the dude that had a thing for for young possibly. Girls. I don't know. I, OK. Sidebar over. OK. Death of Stalin's really good. Uh, so Sidebar wasn't really over. So Khrushchev He at one point Was joking Because he's trying to like Make fun of the Americans And he's like What do you have a machine That'll even like Shove food down your throats Like He's like trying to Constantly like Make light Of all these These propaganda things okay, Right okay. Um, So like I said In 1958 The US Soviet Cultural Agreement Comes comes about And I found this Really good um, article I'll post a link to it That I use for research From Gizmodo um, I'll post a link to it on our blog But the why behind it is This is directly from it because they wrote it really well Is the Soviets wanted to uh, Liberalize trade with the West and the Americans Wanted an ideological foot in the door To convince the Soviets that communism was a failure So the Americans Saw it as like a tool for propaganda And the Soviets were like we need to trade <laughs> <laughs> We so, need some stuff Yeah we need stuff You guys have stuff and we need that stuff Yep. So the idea behind it is that both countries were I was wrong. Khrushchev or whatever was played by Steve Buscemi. Okay. So he's the one that decides to kill the dude that okay. is diddling little girls. That makes sense. Okay. So in 1959, both countries agree. Essentially, they're going to have like almost like a World's Fair style expo in one another's country. Mm. So the United States invites the Soviets to New York to build this expo about all of like Soviet Russia's like technological advances and what life in Russia is like. And they open it up to the public. So this is a huge switch from McCarthyism where they're like, no one can even think about communism to being like, yes, go to the Russian exhibit and see what life in Russia is like. Because the the U.S. was like so confident in their ability to be like, life is actually better here. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, if it was so bad, then why produce this propaganda machine when like people can just see that like it's bad. Right. Like that the citizens aren't doing well. Like... whatever i know 
So theirs opens in June of 1959, and then ours opens in Moscow in July of 1959, so just a month apart. Um, and it's kind of funny because... Because sound sidebar, Amy needs to be close to the mic. I'm sorry, I slouch when I drink. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, so when we open our exhibit, we like go all out. So in for preparation, like opening this exhibit, Mo- Moscow kind of like trolls us, right? And they're like, "You're gonna have a prime spot in Moscow." And then we get there, and there's no fucking roads, and it's actually in a forest. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Yes. Yeah. So like most of our budget went to just building the fucking roads. You're welcome to get out there. Yeah, and then the Soviets end up buying the building from us after the fact and using it for other stuff. So we we went and developed their country for them. I mean, <laughs> that that's like big picture stuff on the russians part yeah it was actually very or, smart. sorry the soviet union's part yes it was very smart um so we being capitalists america is like there's no fucking way we're building this entirely Ooh. by ourselves they invite over 450 companies to contribute <laughs> to the exhibit Why? so even though most of our budget went to just building fucking roads because we didn't scope out the site before we agreed to this sure we invited all these companies to contribute. So they actually like most of the exhibit was put on by them. By General Electric. Yep. And, Sears, and IBM, General uh-huh. Mills, Kodak, Whirlpool, Macy's, Pepsi, General Motors, RCA, Dixie Cups. Oh, hmm. sidebar. Mm. Can I just say right now? So I know people people shit on me all the time because I'm a Pepsi girl. I love Pepsi. I think you, it's better. Always loved. I Pepsi. think it's better than mm-hmm. Coca-Cola. You're wrong, but you've is it, always loved. Well, it. would you like to know that Coca-Cola is backing the abortion bans in all states in the United States that are putting them through right now? What? Coca-Cola. I said what? Coca-Cola, right? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Openly, openly backing uh. those measures. So you know, go and drink your Coca-Cola. Although I think I think some of the other sodas I really like are Coca-Cola, and it's really hard to not like to avoid all coca-cola but just so you know like coca-cola was on there walmart obviously mm. um there were a couple companies that i was like what the Ew, fuck no but yeah coca-cola and That's depressing and walmart really so psa I mean, if I you don't... can avoid i know not everyone can avoid shopping at walmart because you know in like food deserts and stuff that's all you have and also right. sometimes that's what you can afford and that's okay but do what you can and if you can avoid those things avoid them because they fucking suck sidebar over thank you for that important psa my heart is breaking can yeah. you hear it breaking i can i can yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then kate's broken no well bye bye diet coke yeah oh mm-hmm. well yeah. well, <laughs> well de- so coca-cola also less nefariously declined the invitation to be part of this exhibit in mm. 1959 <laughs> sure i'm getting real good at tying this shit back together <laughs> just want to say that um so the U- united states government they obviously they appealed to like all these companies sense of patriotism but al- also the bottom line right so like none of these companies could actually sell in the soviet union but within 15 years of this exhibit the u.s and russia started lightening up all the trade restrictions and guess what soda company was the first one to be able to sell openly in the USSR. Pepsi. Pepsi, bitches. It was Pepsi. It's less syrupy. <laughs> I agree. I hate them both, but if I am forced to drink one over the other, it's going to be Pepsi. Fountain Pepsi is just... Mm, look, it's not yeah. a, it's not as good as Fountain Dr. Pepper, but, you know. Nothing. 
nothing is as good as Fountain Diet Dr. Pepper. I think mm-hmm. Dr. Pepper's Coca Cola. I think it is too. But it's so good. All right, moving oh. on. Okay, it's really okay. good. It's really Found, good. Fountain Mr. Pib is also, but it's not as amazing. good. And no, you it's should not. you should definitely go and buy the Spider Man. <laughs> yes, Dr. Pepper cans. Yes, at oh, Walmart. Have you, have you guys tried the um the berry one? That's coming unbuttoned here. Oh, we're warm. okay with it. No, because I don't buy soda. Like in cans because then I'll drink it. Right. Mm. I don't buy second, sugar, sugar sec- soda. Second soda sidebar. <laughs> <laughs> I never buy soda with sugar. It's always. But the aspartame is also so bad. For oh, you. And, absolutely. And it makes you gain weight because it makes you crave sugar. All of those things are yes. That's why soda is bad, period. But the dark berry, the one with Mysterio on the can, uh, is really tasty. And I can't wait to have it with vodka in it. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that does sound yummy. sidebar over. Se- yeah, second okay. soda sidebar over. <laughs> okay, so um, one of the things that plagued leading up to the exhibit was racism, um, <laughs> and a whole bunch of different controversy too. So, um, for instance, Eisenhower's president at this time in the U.S. and four out of the five seventy-five American guides heading to Moscow were black. And Eisenhower was a complete dick. And he actually he invited all of this, these 75 guides over to the White House to like thank them for volunteering and talk to them about what their like their mission was to to propagate, you know, democracy and capitalism abroad. And he pulled the five or excuse me, the four African-American guides out and then fucking quizzed them on their knowledge of Russia and the Russian language and my theory isn't that he was being a, a racist dick and thinking that they weren't as smart as the white people. My theory is that he's still in that McCarthyism mindset where he's thinking the U.S. fucking sucks for mm. race. Mm. Like, so they're probably communists because we treat them like shit. Right. Exactly. OK. I mean, exactly. logical, but also super fucked up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and how we treated the disenfranchised members of our own society was actually like something that kept coming up throughout the exhibit too. So like we'd attack the Soviets for their lack of freedom. And then the Russians would just say, well, you don't treat African-Americans equally. Uh, to women be- don't have the same level of, of equality. Sure. And- but Russia right now is yeah. literally right. arresting gay people. Yeah. So right. There's no. fucking like concentration letting- camps in the Czech Republic or whatever. Totally. But yeah. so there is like there is this. I hate calling it a catchphrase because I feel like a catchphrase undermines the horribleness of what I'm about to say. Oh, I'm barfing already. <laughs> but anytime the U.S. would be like, oh, like you as, as Soviets, as communists, like, you know, you don't allow for individual freedom. The Russian. Um, oh, the the Russian. Melissa just broke her glass. Oh. It's the meow wine, please. one. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's okay, move on. Okay. I'll be fine. The anytime we'd attack the Russians, the Russian leadership would re- retort back with, um, and you're lynching Negroes. Like that was like their like conversation ender to that just is be like Mike dropped right there. Right. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. And this this um It's bad when Russia wins. Right. And that's bad. And the Russians did a really good job of like of kind of indoctrinating their people of, you know, their own propaganda from this too, of of like saying like America's fucking horrible, which I mean they were true. America is and was fucking horrible for people of color. Um that one of the exhibits at, at this 
this thing was a computer that could answer over 4,000 questions, which is pretty fucking advanced for 1959. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the most asked questions is, how many Negroes have been lynched in the U.S. since 1950? Oh. That's in quotes, because I don't say the that. Right. Yeah. But right. Sometimes I wish that, like, I'm thinking I wish that the Democratic Party in the United States would take some cues from the Soviet Union <laughs> on how to, like, attack the other side. <laughs> yep. Because they're fucking bitches. And yep. they don't, like, they're like, oh, <sighs> we don't, we gotta be nice. And it's like, no, be like the Soviet Union and just be <laughs> fucking awful, but true. Yes. Because it's not a lie. It's not a lie. It's not a lie. And, the, and then obviously at home, too, conservative Southern politicians were throwing fucking fits, too. One of the parts of the exhibits, too, was this huge fashion show that would highlight all these American designers. And um, also there were, like, just, you know, these posters everywhere. There was, like, a like a, a miniature movie that was made, too, about, like, the average day in the life of an American. And all of these things depicted social situations in which black and white Americans were just, like, hanging out together. And they had a big fucking problem with it. Um, also from the Gizmodo article that I mentioned early, earlier, uh, South Carolina Senator Strom, I can't fucking say his name, Strom Thurmond, a man, this is like in quote or in parentheses, a man who after his death would be revealed to have fathered a child with his family's 16 year old black maid. So he raped a young girl. Cool, dude. Real cool. Um, also... Gross. Yep. Let's move Um, on. But he was outraged by a fashion show planned for the exhibition. The show was going to depict a black couple getting fake married in front of the crowd of white attendees of a fake wedding ceremony. He protested so heavily that the fashion show part cut the wedding ceremony bit, which is dumb. As as shitty as things are, society has come a long way. Yes. Yes. But they need to be better anyways just be better yeah just be better just Just be be better better. just be better um every little thing about the exhibit was up for debate so you know from like the what clothes everybody was wearing and not just from the u.s side but from russian side too everything had to go through this kind of dual approval process um they had to approve what artwork was going to be used too so like works by uh pollock de kooning and levin were on the chopping block but ultimately kept in the show and i mentioned earlier that the cia had this kind of like covert like culture infiltration like cultural weaponry to fight communism the funny thing is is that all the shit that the really conservative members of the Senate and House were throwing fits over were things that the CA was successfully using to convert <laughs> people away from communism. <laughs> I framed a de Kooning. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. That, yeah. Fancy. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> I'm, I've got goosebumps. Well, that must have been a wild night. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was. It is exciting, Melissa. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, so out of the people that we sent over to be guides for the exhibit to like actually lead the Russian citizens through all of the stuff that we were building, 27 were women, 48 were men, and everyone was between the ages of 20 and 35. And again, this is feeding into the American propaganda machine to show that we're like a young, vibrant, hip country. Rock and roll. Yeah. (laughs) And then as early as April, Russia started using, um, their state run media to run propaganda against our exhibit and against capitalism too. So which was probably the plan all along. Yes. Exactly. So Russia even goes so far, not only did they troll us and being like, Yeah, you're gonna be in Moscow and then we show up and there's no fucking roads. They also, once we built the fucking roads, put their own exhibit in next door. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Of course they did. I just love that the Soviet Union is like an internet troll before the internet was a yes. thing. Yeah. Yes. Like Al Gore hadn't even invented it yet. No. They were just like, watch how we fucking troll the United States. Yes. Yeah. It's pretty great. So we've discovered we've discovered who the first incel was. I think we've now discovered <laughs> who, the, who first, the first internet the troll. The Soviet <laughs> Union was the original internet troll. Yes. 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 Accurate. Yeah. Perfect. Accurate. And the most successful. Let's all be yeah, it was good. True. They That's dragged true. that like, whole conflict out for a very still going, still actually. Going. Still yeah, going. Still winning. <laughs> the Cold War never really ended. No, yes. <laughs> not for them. They trolled our elections. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, I need more drink. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Be careful. You might you might end up like me and break your glass because you're know. trying to get every little last bit out of no. it. <laughs> Um, so of the exhibit, we built a 30,000 square foot facility, which, like I said, the Soviets later purchased from us because they were so impressed by it. Um, but the centerpiece of this exhibit was a model suburban home and it was cut in half like dissected. Mm. And it was uh, for- costing approximately $14,000 and all the home furnishings were donated by Macy's for another about $5,000. Yeah. So the idea is that like this is a home that every American citizen could afford. Mm-hmm. And it was just filled with fucking technology so like it had dishwashers it had Roombas before there were Roombas little these vacuuming Such robots a fucking lie I it know was, it like, was like the Jetsons yes yeah. yes and that's the thing like at the time it's the- like it's like Trump's idea of what America is <laughs> Because yes. that's just what he's lived with his entire yeah. life. And yes. he's like, everybody doesn't have a robot made? What? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's there's some amazing pictures and I'll actually I'll turn on my computer so you guys can see what the exhibit looks like as I'm talking. Beep, beep, boop, beep, yeah, beep, it, there there is one of the robot <laughs> that, vacuumer. That, that's what Kate thinks computers. That's how they operate. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty accurate. Her technology <laughs> knowledge is less than what they had at that exhibit. So you get you can just click to the side there and I'll go through. There you go. So you can see some pictures. So many hats. There's yeah, all the gentlemen wore hats back then. And ties. Are they in the drive? Yes, they're in the drive. Right, so you can I'll look on look your computer drive. too. Um, so the funny thing is, is that like before, the day before the exhibit opens to the public, Nixon and Khrushchev meet, and this is when the actual kitchen debate portion happens. Um, so they're literally just walking through the exhibit and like making chit chat, but like completely jabbing at each other the whole time and sure, being like, sure, 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 U.S. Sure. is better. No, Soviet Russia is better. Not once do they talk about political influence, nuclear weapons um, or control of territories. It's all about fucking kitchen appliances and food. OK, that's all it's about. That's all they fucking talk about. I, I can get behind that. argument. Yes. Obviously. I don't even know what Russian food is, to be fair. Baklava. No. I think that's Greek. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Borscht? <laughs> that Borscht. sounds right. Borscht. All right. I don't know how what, to say are, that. what are the pickles in Rugrats? Are they Russian? I think they're like Polish or something. And they're they Polish. Make, and they make borscht. Yeah, they're Polish. That's the only reason I know what that is. And that's the other thing, too. Russia is such a big country, geographically yeah. speaking, yeah. that like there are Russian Jews, and that's like a very specific, like, subsect of 
culture right yeah. like we're like there's a specific language a specific like kind of food and cuisine well and, and i think that the that the borders have changed so much that like i think <laughs> you know i think there's a lot of like armenian people yeah and, yeah you know, even like that's Polish true people that yeah, you know true. might have russian ancestry and so there's so it's all kind of a hodgepodge yeah mm-hmm. can i just say because i'm looking at the drive right now i fucking love photos that were obviously black and white and then were colorized, colorized. Yeah. yeah like it's it bizarre. just has such a like i don't even know like, like an ethereal a, quality a cool look. yeah it feels otherworldly yeah. when yeah. you're looking at it yeah Oh, so, that's like the little Roomba. Yeah, yeah, Look it's at that in there. thing. We'll post all these photos on our site too. This lady <laughs> in this picture, it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, those pictures of the little Roomba thing uh, actually come from an unpublished article that was supposed to be, I think, in Life magazine about the exhibit. This is gonna be loud. Melissa slapping her tattoo. They have a new tattoo and it's really itchy and I can't itch it. It's not fully healed yet. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Tattoos, tattoo slap sidebar. <laughs> Sorry. That, no, it's fine. That might be the name of my new band. <laughs> tattoo slap sidebar. It's good alliteration. That is a good one. Um, that's not a. That's not even close to alliteration. <laughs> tattoo slap, slap sidebar. Oh, so slap sidebar. Yeah, okay. Slap sidebar. Sure, sure, sure. T T S S. Um, this exhibit, it's the third in four meetings between Nixon and Khrushchev. Um, that's a, in, it's probably the one that has the most fully accounted for record. Like you guys see all the photos in there. There's full transcripts. The BBC was recording it in it. Um, there, it was actually supposed to air. The whole engagement was supposed to air simultaneously in both Russia and the United States, but the United States don't, doesn't keep promises. We aired it two days before Russia. That sounds about right. Yep. Um, the food portion of it was the most, uh, one of the most visited exhibits. The other one was books. Um, they're also the two most stolen from exhibits. <laughs> so officially, we were not supposed to give out any food samples or let people take any books from either the food or the book exhibit. Um, but we kind of had like a uh, we don't see it, so it's not happening kind of mentality. So you're about saying it. Like the U.S. in the Soviet Union shouldn't let anyone take anything, right? Because the Soviet Union's really keeping keeping ties on like what their citizens are reading and stuff so they don't want any of that right stuff to kind of get out into the public and right thus far well, they, they don't managed- want people wearing levi's jeans right like right. whoa well and yeah. thus far they've managed to make us look like a bunch of Sa- like you know, savages or something well or just dummies like yeah. you yeah. know dummies and savages so like heaven forbid you actually taste a slice of Boston cream pie, for oh, instance. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting there. <laughs> That's what we're talking about. <laughs> I have a knack for talking so much you about the so history. Good. <laughs> um, so, as I mentioned earlier, the food portion is one of the most stolen from exhibits. So they would they actually trained the people in the kitchen to the the women who were there. So all the food was donated by General Mills, and it was in the quote unquote Betty Crocker kitchen. Um, is this the Betty Crocker kitchen here? Uh, yes, that is it. Or no, that's actually from that's from the Life magazine article too, because oh, oh, okay. it's the same lady with the Roomba. There should be another picture in the drive that's like a Where black and white photo, she's like mixing stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And people, is there stuff. like oh, there isn't a window or anything in front of her. It's just a counter, right? Yeah. These pictures will be on the blog, everybody. Yes. 
Um, this guy. Are you on that picture? You see this fucking guy next to the guy in the hat? <laughs> Everyone's in a hat. No, there's not helpful. In that one. No, you were on the right picture. Oh, oh. The one in the big hat. He's right up front. And then there's the guy next to him, like, looking over like a fucking creep. Yeah. What's yeah. that guy's deal? So uh, they, there's also theories that there were a bunch of fucking spies that showed up to this exhibit to, sure. because they could just blend in as, like, a member of the public. Because there were a bunch of U.S. officials at this and Russian officials at this, too. Sure. So people, historians think that spies from both sides were just, like, kind of in the crowd mingling. This guy's, this guy's not a fucking spy. He's a fucking pedophile. <laughs> Look over here. This guy with the glasses, though, the tall guy with the yeah. round glasses. I bet that guy's a spy. No, that looks like my He looks turtly. Yeah. He does look turtly. Yeah. yeah. He's a fucking spy. Yeah. They're all spies. So, you know how the U.S., like, was not supposed to give any of this stuff out? Sure. She's making toys. They cookies. shipped. Uh, I don't know what she's making. Ooh, I have a new cookie recipe I have to try on you guys from Bon okay. Appetit. Mm. <laughs> it looks really good. It's got brown butter in it. Ooh. Oh, mm. no Yummy. creaming. No creaming involved. No nice. creaming of the sugar. Mm. No stand mixer required. What? Ooh. Yeah. 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 I'm 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 suspect. It's yeah. sus. All right. All right. Cookie sidebar. Over. Yeah. <laughs> so General Mills shipped seven fucking tons of food. They knew people were going to steal. They plan up. They hoped people would yeah, steal. Of course. They OK. Did. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people clamoring for that General Mills stuff. Right. And yeah. they they trained all of the cookers, all the ladies in the kitchen to because they weren't allowed to offer the food to anybody. So what they would do is they'd be like, and then it's done and set it on the counter and then turn their back. Oh, yeah. Like wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Right. And I'm then not they, looking if something were to happen. Exactly. And then they'd turn back and all the fucking brownies would be gone. OK, like all of the. It's it seems very strict. I mean, I get that they're trying to control what their citizens uh, experience is, but it seems so weird that you would allow an event where there is a cooking demonstration and then not allow like I get I even get not letting people take books or Mm -hmm. take things from the exhibits, but to not even allow people to try what they're seeing be made. Yeah. Part of it is because a lot of the ingredients aren't like flour, sugar, butter. They're baking mixes. Right. They're things that are only available. Uh, Okay. In a capitalist society. And like you think about the kind of food. Like we can't even fucking think what Russian food is. Right. We came up with borscht, which probably tastes horrible. That sounds gross. Well, and I think it's Polish. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Sorry, Polish people. (laughs) But. Like the beef stroganoff, you think that's maybe Russian? Well, that, maybe that's on our list of episodes, so we'll okay. find out. We'll find out soon. It sounds enough. German to me, but whatever. Yeah. Um. So at this time, too, Betty Crocker's making cake mixes like crazy. So remember earlier when I was like, the U.S. invited 450 companies. Betty Crocker, as a company, not the person, is one of them that they invite. Okay. Okay. Um. Now, I talked a little bit earlier about what Boston cream pie is, like what we think of it today. Sorry. Oh, boy. I just looked up Russian food and it, it, an article came up that said 15 Russian foods you have to try. And the first one is borscht. OK, cool. Well, we so got that right then. I'm sorry that I thought that it, it's from R- Ukraine. I'm sorry. I thought it was Polish. OK. I thought the pickles were Polish. I, I don't know. The pickles she, from Rugrats. Not she, pickles is an edible not pickles. pickles. Not actual she, pickles. Solanka. Sol it's all soup. Yes. Uka. 
so imagine all you've been fucking, fucking cold there fucking eating your whole life is soup and then somebody puts a delicious boston cream pie in front of you yes sign me up for I'm capitalism that yes. Shit. yes please okay. yeah. yes please <laughs> okay so how was the Boston cream pie invented? We're going to rewind time a little bit, right? So a lot of people think it's the Parker House in Boston from the mid-1800s. The Parker House is still around today, and they actually claim that they invented it. I think it's complete bullshit um, because... Did they, but did they invite, invent the Parker House rules? I don't know. Oh. That's a good question. Cider House rules? What? Parker, Parker House, House rules. Oh, like, like bread rolls? Yeah. I don't know what that is. I only know Pillsbury. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways... In the 1800s, the terms pie and cake were interchangeable. Because remember, I was griping oh, yes. earlier. It's mm-hmm. a fucking cake, not a pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So pie uh, is a very specific thing. Yes, I know. I mean, like when you're getting something like cheesecake, yeah, it gets a little weird because that's probably technically a custard pie, but like also a cake. But a cake and a pie are different. People. Right. So, but like back then, the the tins that you'd use to bake one or the other were identical. Like right. it wasn't sure. like today where you have a pie plate that has like the like scalloped edges or. or I mean, if you're if or if dry. you're fancy, oh, just scallop your own engine. Uh, scallop your own engines. <laughs> Scallop your own edges. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so the Parker House claims that they made an English style tort and topped it with powdered sugar, which is how the original Boston cream pie was made. It didn't have a chocolate uh, glaze. It had powdered sugar sprinkled on top. That is Bavarian cream, though, right? Like, right? That's a Bavarian cream. Well, that's yeah. That's, <laughs> yes. I mean, okay. the custard is. Right. right. But the yeah. So the, the custard is different. Right. So other sources mention Boston cream cakes. Sure. In 18... I'm doing air quotes. You can't fucking see or hear air quotes. You can't hear You can't hear air quotes. How weird. Um, Okay. So the New York Herald in 1855 identified the Boston cream cake as the dessert for rich upper crust New England society to celebrate uh, their hand in the American Revolution. So in 1855, the New York Herald is like, hey, if you want to be real patriotic and celebrate... Um, you know, like our country and our history and you're in New England, the way to do that is with a Boston cream cake. But even that may not be like 100% accurate. Like, because again, cake and pie were used interchangeably. And at this time too, cream puffs were often called cakes. So like there were Boston cream puffs. I do love also. a cream puff uh, Cream puffs are so good. So oh there's all God. this fucking confusion around terminology, right? Just call a cake a cake and a pie a pie. Why is it so hard? <laughs> I a don't cream know. Puff, a cream puff. And a puff a puff. <laughs> Where does cannoli? Where does that go in with all A, a cannoli is a cannoli. <laughs> oh, there's a yeah. new cannoli place in Concord. I heard about I'm this place. It's like really good. I'm not about cannolis. You've what? never had a good cannoli. Yeah. That's not true. I've had cannolis from Mike's Pastry. Mike's isn't the best cannolis. But they have the best lobster tails ever. But they're not the best cannolis. But I've also had cannolis from that place across the street from Mike's that is often argued to be better than Mike's. That's the better place, yes. So, (laughs) sidebar, people at my work, this was years ago, a bunch of people at my work had never had cannolis before. And then another bunch of people at work were arguing whether the best cannolis were from Mike's Pastry in the north end of Boston Mm -hmm. or the other pastry place. Which no one can remember the name of. That I can't, but um, more uh, the Latino members of my team were for the other Mm -hmm. place. And then the more like Anglo, like white members of my team were for Mike's. Yeah. Um, So, but then we had this group of people that had never had cannolis before. What am I hearing? Am I hearing someone breathe into the mic? (sighs) It might be you. I'm not sure. (laughs) So when you're not talking, you want to... 
<laughs> you want to move away. Jesus, Melissa, I can't I please you. I know. It's a lot to remember. Um, <laughs> but so we also had a bunch of people that hadn't ever had um, cannolis before. So we decided to do like a blind taste test to determine. Now, this is flawed, and I, I understand why it's flawed. They'd never had cannolis before. Right. So how do they know what a good right. cannoli, like what a cannoli is supposed to be? Right. But... We did have people that went to Boston. They came back with cannolis from both places. So this was a million dollar trip. (laughs) Multiple different flavors of cannolis. And then we had this group taste test all the different cannolis. And overwhelmingly, Mike's came out on top. Mike's is more sugary. That's why. They they add more confectioner sugar. It doesn't mean they're better. Yeah. I just, I'm not a big fan of cannolis. I don't like, I like the filling when it's not too sweet. Have you I, ever had cannoli chips? I don't like the outside the, Well, that's because a lot of places don't make them correctly. But cannoli chips are really good because it's like. cannoli chips. They're it's fine. mostly filling. Yeah. They're fine. Yeah. They're fine. Anyways. Cannolis aren't that great is what I'm saying. They're amazing. Shut lobster your dirty mouth. Lobster tails and cream puffs forever. Cannolis are the best. I don't know what a lobster tail it's is. It's a cream puff that's huge. And oh. shaped like almost like a. Oh, now I know what it it's is. It's like. Yeah. It's like three days it's worth like, of food. I getcha. It's like a like the thing that you put at a, as a centerpiece for Thanksgiving, but like filled with cream. Like that horn thing. A cornucopia. Yes. Uh-huh. Cornucopia. Couldn't okay. think of that yeah. word. Okay. Yeah. No, it's a. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like a cream horn is what right. normal people call it. Yes. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> right after the revolution, um, there is a, a jelly, a jelly, I can't fucking talk, a jelly cake um, was like probably the most popular dessert and it was mm-hmm. like a purely American thing and it was often called the Washington cake. So right after the revolution, si- revolution sidebar, I'm doing a sidebar. That's on our list of subjects. I know. Okay. I'm just. I'm not getting really okay, heavy into okay. it. Um, so. Right I after promise the, I will sing the entire Hamilton soundtrack. Good. While we're doing We that, need that. That it, it's happening. We need that. I've never There's seen no it. I wouldn't getting know. Around. There's it's, no getting You just away listen from that. to it. I don't. You just it's I amazing. Can't, I can't listen to It mu- tells a story in song, Melissa. I can't listen to musical stuff without having seen you the can musical. With Hamilton. I can't because I just I'm not invested. It's so good. Nah. Anyway, anyways, right after the revolution, we um, as a country, we're trying to figure out what our identity is. So like Webster's Dictionary came about because the Americans are like, we need our own way to spell words. And like we did a whole bunch of weird cultural shit right after the revolution to be like, this is the American identity. Take that extra P.E. off of every word. We're in the Take the U's out of everything. <laughs> everything. I always I the other day I said to Greg, why do I always spell behavior wrong? It makes no sense. Every time I spell it wrong, I spell it with a U. And he was like, well, that's how like everybody else spells it except for us. And I'm like, but why do I spell it that way? I grew up in America, but I think because phonetically... It, that's how it should be it should have a u in it but then my computer goes that's not how you spell it yeah well, so the jelly cakes mm. the washington cake that's part of this right and then boston puts their own specific flavor on it and about i don't know like 50 to 80 years after the revolution they're like fuck this jelly get this jelly out of here <laughs> fuck this jelly we're putting custard. It reminds me in the of middle. like Destiny's Child. I was just, <laughs> I was really trying. That was my body to too delicious <laughs> for you, babe. That was the best compliment anyone's ever paid me. Okay, um, I didn't say you like sounded like Beyonce. <laughs> Calm down. 
I know you said I was tangentially kind of reminding you of something Beyonce once sort of did. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Okay. So by 1916, this distinction completely starts to fade away, right? So the um, the first time uh, recipe for Boston cream pie is actually published is in the American Cookery. And it, the title of the recipe is actually Washington pie with custard filling or Boston cream pie. So it like designates it as sure. an offshoot of the original Make recipe. Make it something f- familiar, but right. kind of changed up. And then the whole thing, like I said, it's all powdered sugar on the top up until about um, 1877 is the first time that that recipe with the chocolate glaze is published, but it doesn't really catch on until the 30s. Um, my my assumption, I couldn't find any information about this, but my non-expert opinion is that it probably has something to do with like rationing food and yeah, the depression. Cho- and chocolate's ritzy. It is, but at the same time, um, chocolate started becoming mass produced at this time. M and M, and we can do an episode on this. Starts making M and Ms as food rations for soldiers in World War II, so that they can get an energy boost. So they start coming up with new technological advances to sure. manufacture chocolate in smaller amounts. Okay, yeah, I just feel like making a chocolate glaze is a fancier, a different kind. Yeah, like a different kind of chocolate. You need a higher quality chocolate to make a glaze than an M and M. Yeah, I mean an M and M is like barely chocolate. True, sure but you could get powdered chocolate at that time, right? Sure, right? Like, and then add milk to it or whatever to to make what you need. That to wouldn't make. be a glaze though. A glaze is like melted chocolate with milk. I feel like, like a ganache, right? Not when you buy the Betty Crocker. I was getting pie yeah. mix. <laughs> <laughs> Does the mix come with the glaze? Is that a thing? Yes. Okay. Um, and then that Betty Crocker uh, recipe for Boston cream pie comes about in 1950. And then in 1958, the dessert is decided upon for the kitchen debate partially because of its like really patriotic history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in 1959, Betty Crocker releases its first box mix for Boston cream pie. Huh. So they were using this exhibit as like a test kitchen for it. To see whether people were going to love it. Yeah. And all the Russians loved it. So they were like, well, shit, those Americans are going to love it too. Exactly. I'm pretty sure I have my grandmother's Betty cookbook i'm gonna have to go home and oh, take a look, look yeah uh, and see whether the you can send, send me pictures and i can post it to the gram town because yeah. you're internet illiterate <laughs> <laughs> i could do the gram verse you would log into our instagram uh, yeah i mm, well i can log like, have two accounts going I I you gotta switch between them you have yeah. three uh, yeah so it would be four yeah you'd have mm. to manage okay i can't even tag you on twitter <laughs> I don't tweet. You're ruining my life. I don't tweet. Just make an account. I should. I Why? Should. So I, just so I can tag her. Yes. People go to her account and they're like, there's, there's nothing, nothing there. there. Why is this all cats? <laughs> oh, that would be a popular account. I guarantee it. You'd it. go viral. Yeah. Only follow cat accounts and only tweet cat pictures. All yeah. cats and Hamilton lyrics. It would be amazing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. He'd, he'd... So we're setting this up for. All right. Yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> Sidebar. <Okay. laughs> No, that's it. Uh, so the impact of this had is that both sides ended up using this whole event for propaganda. Right. So the U.S. Um, was seen originally to come out as like smelling of roses because they they wowed everybody. And yeah. I, I mentioned earlier that the Soviets set up their own like janky exhibit right next door to ours in Moscow and like not many russians attended it and those who did were just like meh because it was all stuff they were already using 
were like, we put forth this like robots of the future thing that the U.S. was like, this is how Americans live now today, um, which is complete bullshit. Um, and then Khrushchev we still don't have flying cars. Yeah, we still don't. I'm waiting for those. <laughs> Khrushchev claimed that his confrontation is what led Nixon to lose his presidential bid in 1960, which like, honestly, thank you. Um, but at the same time, it also raised his profile as a statesman and probably improved Nixon's chances of getting the Republican nomination and later becoming president. I always forget that Nixon was a Republican for whatever reason. How? Why? I, don't I mean, he know. was a pretty liberal Republican. Yeah, I think. I think that's why he was corrupt, but corruption knows no party. Yes, to that's be true. Fair. That's true. And I don't know why when I, I just always because the parties had already because the party switched way before that. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I just always think I don't know. And then I read something. It's like Republican. What is what am I hearing? I don't know. We might not hear. <sighs> we not, might not hear it at all on the actual recording. So I'm not going to worry about it. OK. Um, obviously, most of the food that was served at the exhibit were American staples. Um, and the CIA continued to use those kinds of food and the art and the literature showcase there as propaganda tools covertly. Um, Boston cream pie later became the dessert favorite at the White House when the Kennedys moved in. Of course. Boston's son. Oh, yeah. Uh, it oh, furthered cemented its relationship to patriotism. I love Boston cream. I can't do it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> You try, is that your Kennedy Ask voice? Not. That was bad. Ask, Ask not, not for a piece of American apple Ask pie. Ask not for a piece of American <laughs> apple pie. I can't do it. Ask <laughs> for whenever, whenever I try and do an impression, it's trash. When I just do like an impression, just like whatever, it's fine. But when I try and do it. When someone does an impression and no one hears it. No, no, no. People hear it. Does that like, ever really happen? When I'm not like actually trying. <laughs> when you do an impression in the forest. When I'm not actually trying, it's good. When I try, everything goes right out the window. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. I think part of what it is is because usually when you do a really good impression, you've got like a hand thing sure. going on too. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> You're, like, You're not constrained by a headset and a microphone. You're just going, going yeah, for it. You're free. free. You're free. Well, I'm not wearing a bra, so like I'm halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Living on a prayer. Yep. Sorry. Continue. Don't drink That's out of fine. that. Um, I know you want to. Yeah, but it's don't. broken glass yeah. in there. Don't it's do that. It's just water, anyways. I'm just drinking. Okay. Um, but thus concludes. That is amazing. <laughs> that was. Thank God we're concluding because we're like. We're way over. We're, I mean, we don't really have a time that we have to stick to. We're way over but, our but metaphorical time. We're, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're a little bit over an hour. Uh, like um, close to two hours? Yeah. Thank you for sticking with us. If you did. Well, a lot of this will get cut. It won't. It, it will be a little bit shorter. Except then I'll probably add in some weird fucking clip when we break for our drink that's going to make it long. <laughs> I don't know. I hope everybody liked my clip last last episode. Because mm -hmm. I enjoyed it. That's why I put it in. Because it's all about me. Yeah. It's the Melissa show. You haven't <laughs> said that in a while. <laughs> me, 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 me. I'm the middle child. <laughs> uh, uh, that was a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know if anything stuck. <laughs> I've definitely, my brain has definitely gotten a couple of extra bumps wrinkles yeah yeah, yeah. Since, extra since wrinkles it's the wrinkles this. not the size yeah although then they talk about animals that have like really big brains and how smart they are and i'm like i thought it was the wrinkles maybe yeah. the bigger the size the more wrinkles you can fit 
Deep thoughts by Amy. Oh, my God. Wow. I'm the more you know gif right now. Wow. <laughs> I'm Dr. Steve Brule. <laughs> All right. Well, that was very informative. Thank you, Amy. You're welcome. As always. So much work. So Good much information. In. And there's so much information, you know, like you don't even look at your notes and you just know. And I'm just ah. I'm just amazed by you every Aww. day. Every day. It's not as good of a compliment as comparing oh. me to Destiny's Child, though. <laughs> Guys, I mean, it won't be when this airs, but today's National Best Friends Day. Oh, oh that's nice. And I have my best friends here. Yeah, That's nice. Same. And also my boss, Jess, she did send me a very nice text Aww. saying ha- happy National Best Friends Day. And then like, so I have a Android phone and it like brings up auto responses and one of them was you're welcome so i just hit you're welcome (laughs) like oh thank you for being one of my best friends i love you and i'm just like you're welcome like yeah i'm pretty effing awesome what can i say i'm pretty great i mean i've had to send this you're welcome like 62 times today accurate no she's the only one that texted me (laughs) monsters i'm sorry while everybody else knew that you were gonna they were gonna see you today that's true (laughs) all right um so if you would like to keep up with us obviously you can go over to the blog drunkdish.com we post the recipes for our drinks plus usually amy will make whatever food we talked about i don't know if you're making boston cream pie are you are you gonna put up a recipe or yes you'll put i'm gonna make something boston cream pie related i don't know if i'm gonna make the full pie okay yeah that sounds like a name of a porno (laughs) i thought it sounded like i think instead of that was a faux pas (laughs) we should all say that was a full pie. That was, but none of us ever make full pies. No, <laughs> we're <true>. perfect. <laughs> Take um, it out and post. But anyways, and we'll post about new episodes. We'll also post the pictures that we talk about up on the blog. Oh, there's so many out. good pictures from this. So week. good. Yeah, we're on lots it. of hats. <laughs> we're on Instagram <laughs> as Drunk Dish. We're on Facebook as Drunk Dish. We're on Twitter as Drunk Dish. Some of those are Drunk Dish Pod. But honestly, if you put in Drunk Dish, we'll come up. You'll find us. Or go to DrunkDish.com and then you'll have links to all of our social, links to our podcast on Spotify, some really great podcasts. I saw that. I was like, oh my God, she was able to embed the episode into the blog post. And I'm like, oh, it's Spotify. It's Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I tried to embed straight from Podbean. No, I couldn't get to work either. Yeah. I don't know. I looked up how to's, whatever. But yeah, we're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcast, iTunes, Apple Podcast, um, Pocket Cast. Literally everything. And if we're not where you want us to be, tell us. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know if we show up on Stitcher or not because I don't have an iPhone. So, mm, yeah, and me they think neither. Stitcher's no. Is Stitcher for iPhone or Stitcher for everybody? I should just download Stitcher, see if we're on it. If not, I'll work on getting us on there. But yeah, if we're not on a podcast platform that you would like us to be, please let me know because now that everything's set up, it's really easy to just like post in the feed link. And mm-hmm. get us on whatever platform you listen to the most. We make it as easy as possible. Yep. Um, I think that's it. You ladies got anything else to say? No. Happy Pride so. Month. Woo. Happy Pride. Happy Pride. Get out there. Get crazy. Go get some glitter. Support those that might not always feel as supported as they For need to be. Sure. Um, and try to be a little bit kinder. Yeah. It's not that better. hard. That empathy thing we were talking about. Just try to be a little bit better. You don't have to change your life, but just like, you know, try to be a little bit better. Yeah. Except for me, because I'm great. Mm. I don't need to work on anything. Mm. Everyone totally just try fine. to be like Melissa. Yeah, just like me. Yeah. You yep. know, my therapist always tells me I'm right. So obviously, <laughs> I'm doing great. Clearly. And I think 
that's it. So yeah. Bye. 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 Me ain't got a man. That's what's up. Love is love. Who give a fuck? Girl on girl, they like yuck. But when it's man on man, they like yuck. Motherfuckers need to go with that shit. Bitch, we ain't playing alone in no skits. Drag shows be so bomb and so lit. Throwing wigs in the LP, pong in that shit. Last man, go ahead and eat it. Get the deal doing, Michael Jackson beat it. Get that pussy upset, get it eat it. I might try since my middle name eating. Gay guy brave, take it anal. When they come, that's a volcano. Tell her that the dick gets your lingo. They curve that bitch like a rainbow. Boy, your boy, girl, no girl. Boy, your boy, girl, no girl. Boy, your boy, girl, no girl. Like who the fuck you like, fuck the world. Boy, your boy, girl, no girl. Boy, your boy, girl, no girl. Boy, your boy, girl, no girl. Like who the fuck you like, fuck the world. Betty Wop when I wink, walk in the mink. Got a gay stylist, so he did my hair pink. Every time we link, it's fuck what they think. Gay bars need the star service, skittles with the drinks. It's all about the taste of rainbow with colors. The gays gon' serve you life like a butler. In they binders His dick might be tender But he posted on Grindr She looking like a whole pack of crayons Rainbow colors, that's the gay bond That's when I know that she was by I said, ah. Cause she tried to pull me and my guy Ain't no confusion Everybody human Get to know people instead of just assuming Yeah, in conclusion The gays ain't losing Like boomerang Cause I'm all about the movement Boy, your boy, girl, no girl Boy, your boy, girl, no girl Boy, your boy, girl, no girl Girl, 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 girl,